0: This morning's scripture reading is brought to us from Psalms, 25th chapter, verses 1 through 13. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Nor one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come to those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truths and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all the day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways according to your love. Remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful. Toward those who keep the, de- the demands of his covenant for the sake of your name, their Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. Then will spend their days and they will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land.
1: Good morning again, everyone. Thank you, Jerome. And thank you, Clark Morris and Steve Gibney, for helping leading our worship today. Um, this week, as I was working on my message, I had the radio on and a commercial for Burger King came on the radio. Now, Burger King's slogan is still have it your way. This has been their slogan now for over 40 years. And it kind of means that you're in the driver's seat. Um, when it comes to your hamburger, you have the freedom of choice to get it however you want, have it your way. Well, I don't know if you've noticed lately just in the past year or two, Burger King has actually made a change to their slogan, to their ad- advertising campaign. They're still using have it your way like they've been doing for over 40 years, but they've added a new slogan. Have you noticed? Be your way. Be your way. A representative for Burger King says that the change is made in an effort to connect with a person's lifestyle. To connect with a person's lifestyle. Now, we live in a culture where we have a lot of freedom. And we have a lot of choices. We have a lot of freedom of choice. You are in the driver's seat. It's sort of become part of the American dream to have it your way. And to be your own person. You can be anything that you want in this country. You can choose your own career path. You can go to college where you want to go to college. You can choose who you want to date and who you want to marry. You can choose what you eat, what you wear and how you do your hair or how not to do your hair. You can even choose whether you want to be male or female. You're in the driver's seat. This is a country where it's all about you, the individual. You are encouraged to be whatever you want to be. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Freedom of choice is not a bad thing. I'm glad that I have freedom of choice, that I can choose my own career path, that I can choose Who I wanted to date and who I wanted to marry and what I want to eat and what I want to wear and whether or not I want to do my hair. Uh, Freedom of choice is a great thing, but there is such a thing as having too much of a good thing. What happens when you become so spoiled by this freedom that you expect the same treatment from God? What happens when you pray to God with the expectation that you can have it your way? Or what happens when you open up your Bible with the attitude that you can be your way? What happens when you read 1 Corinthians 919, which says, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone. Or what about First Corinthians ten twenty three, which says, Everything is permissible, but nothing but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. Now to the ears of many in our culture, this sounds terrible. Have you ever experienced a kick in the gut from God? You read scripture or God does something and it's just (gasps) who changes your whole outcome. These verses are a kick in the gut from God. Why would I choose to make myself a slave, not only to Christ or my spouse, but to everyone? Why would I choose to look after the good of others instead of myself? That's not what this country is all about. This is about have it your way. Be your own person. About the individual. In Matthew chapter nineteen, we read about a young man who has this very struggle. A young man who was uh, he was used to having it his way, kind of like us. He was a man who probably had too much of a good thing, and he was a man that experienced a swift kick in the gut. From God. So let me read you his story in Matthew 19. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 16. Says now a man came up to Jesus and asked teacher. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life. Obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Now, the Bible doesn't give the name of the rich young man in Matthew chapter 19. But uh, humor me a little bit. It's easier for me to to talk about him if he has a name. So I'm going to call him. Brian. Now, Brian, I don't think that he is as innocent and sincere as we make him out to be. I think that Brian is looking for Jesus to commend him for his righteousness. I think this is why Matthew places Brian's story right after he tells the disciples that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like little children. I believe that Matthew places this story about Brian because it is in contrast to a child's attitude. This is how not to be like a child. I think that when Brian asked, what do I still lack? He expected Jesus to say, well, Brian, you lack nothing. You are the very essence of righteousness. Everybody look at this man, Brian. Do you see him? Let's give him a round of applause. You you should try to be like Brian. But Brian didn't get the answer he was looking for. Instead of getting a pat on the back or an applause, he got a swift kick in the gut. Jesus says that even though Brian obeyed the law, he was still lacking. You see, Jesus could see Brian's heart, that he was putting something ahead of his relationship with God. For Brian, it was his possessions, his wealth of money and wealth of of possessions. Kind of like for people in our culture, it's a wealth of freedom, a wealth of choices. Brian was not willing to change his life, to make a change and put others' needs ahead of him. His own. And he certainly wasn't ready to follow Jesus. Is following Jesus, it's some tough stuff. As Christians, when we allow ourselves to believe that we, like Brian, are in the driver's seat, that we are the center of the universe, as our culture would have you believe, God doesn't have much use for us. There's not much we can do for God. But if we tear ourselves away from that steering wheel of our lives and allow Jesus to come in and take over, the possibilities are endless. Let me show you. Let's continue reading about Brian. Picking up in verse 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Well, Jesus, he's on a roll now. First, he gives Brian a kick in the gut, metaphorically. And now he turns around and gives his disciples a kick in the gut. He says that it is impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Impossible. Such a harsh word, isn't it? There's no leeway. There's no gray area. Impossible means nothing else than impossible. The Bible says that the disciples were astonished. They couldn't believe it. As they watch Brian walk away with his head down, this man who obeyed the law, this man whose future looks so bright, they wonder, well, if Brian isn't saved, Well, then who can be? But the disciples couldn't see Brian's heart like Jesus could. They couldn't see that there was something in between Brian and God. So Jesus says, well, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, as I have read this text over and over and over kind of meditating on it, really sinking it in. It's kind of driven me crazy. What does Jesus mean by this when he says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible? Well, here are my conclusions. And I encourage you uh, to read this story a lot as well and, and see what you think. But here are my conclusions. First, let me tell you what I think that Jesus did not mean. When he said this, Jesus did not mean to tell his disciples, well, don't worry about Brian. You know, I was a little bit harsh on him, but he's going to be okay Because God is gracious. He's going to be all right. Jesus did not mean that, I don't think. And Jesus didn't mean that man is so far from God, so wretched, That he has no hope to live up to Jesus' expectations. I mean, why even try? Why all this effort? Why do I have to sell my possessions? Why do I have to be a slave? Give up my freedom? Why do I have to go to so much trouble to follow Jesus? Isn't it easier just to praise God and rely on his grace? Thank you, God. I don't think that's what Jesus means here when he says with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And Jesus did not mean that Brian could continue loving his wealth and his possessions and expect to get into the kingdom of heaven and neglecting the poor. Jesus did not mean that the rich young man didn't have to change his heart, make a change in his life. And Jesus did not mean that he would be saved if he did not first repent. Sometimes, especially in the culture that we live in, I think that we feel like it doesn't really matter what we do and who we are. Um, We're never going to be good enough anyways. Uh, We have to rely on God's grace anyways. So why try so hard again? Why so much effort? Isn't it easier just to rely on God's grace and to have it your way and be your own way? I don't think this is what Jesus has in mind either. Instead, what I think Jesus meant was this. When man tries to do life his way, relying on earthly things, whether it be a wealth of money Or possessions, or whether it be a wealth of talent, whether it be a wealth of freedom. When man relies on earthly things instead of God. In other words, if he won't start loosening his grip on the steering wheel and allowing God to come in and take control of their entire life. Then it is impossible to enter the kingdom of heaven. But if you turn your life over to God. Letting him take control, giving him all that you have, even your very life. When you do this, Jesus says all things are possible. So Jesus is not saying that God will save Brian, even if he's not interested in putting God first. Jesus is saying that when Brian decides To let Jesus have control rather than earthly things. Look out because the sky is the limitless. Remember what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, notice that Paul didn't say I can do all things through my wealth that strengthens me. Or I can do all things through my career. That strengthens me or my freedom that strengthens me or my talent or my youth and my health that strengthens me. Paul is saying that Christ is the very foundation of his life, the the thing that motivates him, that drives him, that is the basis for his decision making. Jesus is that. So when the culture tells you to have it your way. Or be your way. You might want to plug your ears. Don't listen to them. When the human race lives by this slogan, have it your way, be your own way, the depravity of man is put on full display. And what happens is, before you know it, you don't even know it's happening, but Satan comes into your car and has his hands on the steering wheel. He is the one that takes over your life. This was Brian's flaw in regards to his wealth of possessions, and it is your flaw in regards to your freedom if you have it your way. Jesus wants you to give your freedom away and live as a slave of Christ. Then and only then are all things possible, which means the poor sinner you and I can sit with Jesus at the right hand of God. Enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, let's go back to the text in Matthew 19. And speaking of freedom, allow me to take a little bit of liberty with the text. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the text as if Jesus was responding to Burger King's slogan Be your way. Now, I've made a couple changes and I'm I'm not uh, I don't think it's a good thing to be in the habit of changing the word of God. But all the principles are the same. I'm just reflecting what it would be like if Brian had a wealth of freedom instead of a wealth of possessions. So for transparency's sake, I've underlined all the words I've changed. For example, I've changed the word possessions to freedom. So let's uh, let's read Matthew 19. I'm going to start in verse 20. Follow along with me. All these things I've kept. The young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect. Go sell your freedom and give to the needy. And you will have freedom in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad Because he had great freedom. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a free man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a free man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. We have given up our freedom. We have sold our freedom. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth at the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are free will be slaves and many who are slaves will be free. In this country, in this culture that we live in, you have the freedom to do Anything that you want and you have the freedom to be whatever you want. If you work hard and apply yourself. You can be president and run this country. You are in the driver's seat. You can choose what kind of a person you want to be. You can be cool. You can be nerdy. You can be alternative. You can be Republican or Democrat. You can be gay. You can be straight. You can be male. You can be female. It's all up to you, the individual. But before you choose any of that for yourself, with all of your freedom of choice, there's another decision that you need to make. Who is in control of your life? Is it you? Or is it Jesus? Then decide what kind of person you will be. Because... The person who allows Jesus to be in control of their life is much different than the person who is in control of their own life. Proverbs 16:25 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So church choose God's way, not your way. Decide to follow Jesus. Who is the way, the truth, and the life. Allow him to take over your life. And all things are possible. Your hamburger is only the beginning. You could even fit through the eye of the needle. You, a poor sinner, can enter the kingdom of God. So if you are a Christian today. And... There's a change that you need to make in your life. Maybe there's something like Brian. There's something that's in the way of your relationship with God. And you have thought about it and you know that there's a change that you need to make, but you haven't made that change. I encourage you to make that change. We're going to sing an invitation song in a minute. And if you would like us to pray for you as you go down that path of making the change and letting Jesus Take more control of the driver's seat. We'll pray for you. It's not easy. It's not like when you let Jesus take over the wheel that everything's going to take care of itself and life is a breeze. It's still difficult. If you're not a Christian today, and you've been living your life in control of your own life, you've have it, you've had it your way. You, you know, you've been your own way, and it's not working out for you. Maybe today is the day that you need to say, maybe Jesus is better to control my life. Maybe Jesus can do a better job. Maybe it's better to have brothers and sisters who will watch over me. And Jesus will be in control of my decision making. Well, we can make that happen today or you can talk to me about that change. You can talk to one of the shepherds here. Um, Or you can come forward and we can baptize you today and you can start allowing Jesus to be the basis for your decision making. So whatever your need, we're going to sing this song. Let's stand and sing.